All right, so tonight we're going to keep continuing in our series on mission. And the whole idea is we're trying to answer this question is why do you exist? Why are you here? Have you ever thought and asked yourself that in your life? Has it ever crossed your mind? Why am I here? Why do I live on this earth? Why am I here on this planet? Has this ever crossed your mind? And as you think about that, what is your purpose? What we're really asking is, what is your mission? What are you designed to do? What are you made to do? You see, all of us here, we all need a purpose. And here's the thing. If you don't have a purpose, you are like a ship without a rudder. You'll be tossed and turned by the waves of this world and the waves of this culture, and you'll be aimless with no direction, no vision, no mission. You will spend your life out at sea with no destination. You will probably come to find that life is extremely empty, extremely lonely, and you will grow tired and you will wear down. You will become used, you will be abused, and you will be consumed. You will miss out on the true meaning of your life. I do not want you to miss it. I do not want you to miss out on the true meaning of your life. I do not want you to live your whole life missing the main point, missing the main character. The main point, the main character of your life is not you. It's not you. Your purpose and your mission has nothing to do with the money you can make. It has nothing to do with making money. Your purpose and your mission has nothing to do with being successful and has nothing to do with being happy. Your purpose, your mission is not to win. Your purpose is not to get married and to have kids. Your purpose is not to be famous, seen, and known. Your purpose and meaning in your life is not to become likable or even lovable. Your purpose actually has nothing to do with you. Now, all those things I just said, those are not bad things necessarily. But if those are your target, if those are your aim, you may be able to achieve them, but you will be empty and you will have missed it. You will have missed it. You see, your purpose and mission and meaning centers and has a tendency to center around you, what you want, what you need. And if this is so, then you will grow restless. You will never be satisfied. You will be anxious. You will become depressed and you will be empty. There's something really sad happening to teenagers, to you. You guys are the most depressed in the history of the known world. Kids, it's an epidemic. You are hopeless. Life is hard for you. Our kids, our students, as adults, when we talk about this, we realize you are not thriving. You are not doing well. You're not okay. Something has gone wrong. You feel empty. You feel like there is no meaning in life. And I think a major reason for this is because you've been sold a lie. The lie that life is about you. And it's just not. 
If you're anything with, like me, I spent a lot of my teenage years thinking that life was about me. And I got into high school, and I got into college, and I became hopeless, and I became depressed because I always felt empty. I always felt alone. This is not what I want for you. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And I want you to know the reason why it is this way, okay, is it's the result and the product of being separated from God, okay? He, our Father, God, created you. He made you. He knows the design and purpose for your life. He has the blueprint. But because of sin, you are separated from him. And so here's my question if you are separated from your creator, your maker, the person who knows what you're made for and your purpose, then how do you find your purpose? The way to find your purpose is to know God. If you want to know your mission, which is, it's not to make money. It's not about you. It's not about your happiness. It's not about winning. It's not about being famous or seen or known. It's not about being likable or lovable. But in order to find your true purpose, you've got to know God. That's where we come to a problem. We are separated from God, you and I, because of sin, because of disobedience, because of rebellion. I have sinned. I cannot know God in and of myself. I cannot know my purpose or mission, and I'm left without a rudder, tossed and turned by culture in this world. But in order for you to know your purpose, this is required. Is there a way for you to know God? How do you know God if we're separated by sin? There's a common rule throughout the entire Bible. If you read it, you'll see it. If you read your Bible, you will see it. The way to God post being sin, post sin, post rebellion, post disobedience, the way to walk with God, because in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, I want you to know something. God actually walked with human beings. He was present with human beings. He was with them. But when they sinned, God and man could not intermix because if man intermixed with God, he would fall and die immediately because of their sin because God is so holy, so pure. It cannot mix. So this is what happens. Something does die every single time for you to connect with God. And we see in the Old Testament, in the Bible, what is called as a sacrifice. A common rule riddled throughout the entire battle is sacrifice, a theme. Innocent blood shed so that you can talk and know God. It's a common rule. It's a rule like two plus two equals four. It's consistent. It always sustains. It's always true that there must be blood spilt in order for you to be able to walk with God, know God. in order for you to be forgiven of your sin. This is what would happen. They would take a lamb, or they would take a bull, or a pigeon, or whatever was offered. And a priest, a mediator, he's like a pastor, a mediator, he would kill this animal. And its blood would be spilled. And as this happened, everyone's sins would be forgiven for that moment. But what would happen? They would keep on sinning, continuing being separated from God. And so then they would have to sacrifice again over and over again, spilling blood to pay the price for your sin because the consequence for your sin, the punishment is your death. 
I want you to understand something, though. The way to know God is through sacrifice. Are you hearing me? The way to know God is through laying down life. What does Jesus do for you and me? You see, this is why Jesus has to die. He was innocent. He never sinned. Yet his blood was shed to take your place. You deserve to die. But yet he dies so that you don't have to. He takes your place and you take his. When he dies, you become God's son, God's children. And you get to know God. And because you get to know God, you get to have your purpose given to you. To know your purpose, hear me, to know your mission, to know why you are here, you need to first know God. And when you know God, you learn that you are incredibly loved. Why? Because Jesus sacrificed his life for you. Sacrifice. Laying down their life. He loves you so much. He died for you. I want to tell you a little story about a little girl, probably like 18, 20 years ago. She was a very, very little girl, and in this story, the father, every time he comes home from work, he dances with his daughter. He comes home from work, and he takes his little girl, and she's a little baby, and he's dancing with her. He's dancing with her. And then the next day, he dances with her. And then the next year, he's dancing with her, and she can waddle a little bit. And then the next year, she can maybe dance a little bit with him, and he's dancing with her. And then the next year, and the next year. And so what the mom does is she realizes this is really beautiful. So she starts filming it every single year. This is a true story. I just saw this today, these videos of this guy, this father, dancing with this girl every single year. Every single year, dancing as she grew up, dancing with her loving her, spinning her around, dipping her, moving and, and waltzing and doing all kinds of dances, being silly and laughing and dancing over and over and over again with his little girl. And then, one day, she gets married. And on her wedding day, her daddy comes and he dances with her. She's in a white dress, a beautiful white dress. And I was watching this video, and they show her and her daddy dancing. And on the background of the screen is all these videos of them dancing throughout their whole life up to that point, every single year, dancing together, dancing together. This is what God's love looks like with you. He invites you to dance with him. He invites you to be and do life with him. He loves you, and every single day he offers his hand to dance. He says, will you dance with me? Will you just receive and enjoy my love? When you're loved, when you experience love, you dance. People dance. They move. When people are happy, they dance. They celebrate. They move. When you are loved, you can't help but dance. God loves you. He invites you to dance with him. And you can't help but dance when he invites you. You can't help because you're his little girl. You're his son. You can't help but dance. When someone loves you, what do you feel when they say, I love you? 
immediately something happens. Something out of nothing is created when someone loves you. When someone says, I love you, you can't help but feel something happen inside of you. You begin to love them too. Is that not interesting? I want you to know this is the first part of what you're designed for, why you are here. You are made to love God. And when God says, I love you, when he says, I love you, when he says, dance with me, what do you feel? Love for God. When you look to Jesus and you see him on the cross with hands, with, um, with his hands pierced, with his feet pierced, when you see Jesus and you see what he did for you to die for you, what do you feel? He says, I love you. I die for you. I sacrifice for you. You can't help but want to love him back. And the way that we love is by dancing, following the lead, following the movement. When I was watching this video of this little girl, the dad led. The dad spun her around. The dad moved around. The dad carried her, dipped her danced with her, kissed her, loved her. It was all led by the dad, and all she did was obey his movements, obey his motions, and mimic him and move with him. When you love someone, you obey them. You follow their lead. You let them move, and you move with them. You see, last week we talked about God's mission is to fill the earth with his love. So to love God is to go and fill the earth with his love, to dance and to move with him, with your dad, with your father, to feel him, to experience him, to know him, to worship with him, to read his word, to dance and to move. And you're just following his lead. You are obeying. This is why, one of the biggest reasons why sin is such a big deal. Because when you sin, this is what you're doing as you're dancing with God. You say, no. And you walk off the dance floor. I'm saying, I'm done. I do not want you. I do not want to dance with you. I do not want to be near you. I don't want to spin. I don't want to be dipped. I don't want to be loved. I don't believe that I am loved. And so you walk off the floor. You walk away from him. You turn from him and you leave him there with arms open wide. And you break his heart. Sin is so much bigger than just Stealing a cookie from the cookie jar. Sin is so much bigger than just gossiping and tearing someone down behind their back. Sin is so much bigger than just hitting someone. Sin is so much bigger than saying something mean and calling someone ugly. Sin is so much bigger than that. Than that simple action. Sin is like breaking up. Sin is like divorce. Sin is saying, I hate you. I don't love you. I don't love me. I don't love myself. When you sin, this is what happens. You affirm and confirm that you don't believe that you are loved. You don't believe that God really loves you when you sin. But when you obey and when you follow God, you're affirming and confirming for yourself that I am God's beloved. Sin is a relational thing. It's not, oh, I just did this and it didn't hurt anybody. No, it always hurts someone. Always. And it hurts your maker. It hurts your creator. It hurts the one who loves you the most, who knows what you're meant for. Because what breaks his heart is he watches you. He watches you be used for the world. He watches you be used and abused for different purposes than his. He watches your design be mimicked and perverted and twisted. He made you for a reason. He made you to dance with him. 
He made you to experience his love. And when you sin, you miss it. You miss it. You become twisted. You become perverted. You get disconfigured. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is what I have a tendency to do. Oh man, I sinned. I sinned against God. So this is what I begin to do. Maybe you can relate to this. All right, I sinned. Okay, now I'm going to be really good. I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to try, try, try. I'm not going to mess up again. And then after a few days of being awesome, being cool, being legit, being the man, then I'm going to talk to God again. Then I'm going to come back on the dance floor and say, look at me. Got it together. Might have, might have walked away. Might have done some bad stuff. Now I'm here. Now look at me. I look a little better now. And then I come back. No. Stop it. Don't do it. It's a lie. You are always welcomed on the dance floor. If you walk away, you can turn right back and come back to him. He is always waiting for you. He says that if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Why? Because of Jesus. It's because there is no other person to take that place besides you. Jesus took your place so that you can come back over and over again. You will walk from the dance floor. You will sin every single day. You will say no to God and yes to other things. You will say, I don't believe I'm loved. I don't believe in these things. And you will say yes to so many things that yell at you that you're not loved. But you can always come back to your father. You can always come back to your daddy. And you can always dance with him. Okay? There's no cleaning up. You can't clean yourself. Why? Because the only way to be forgiven is through sacrifice. And who sacrifices for you? Jesus. It's finished. It's over. Now here's the other thing I do. All right? Here's the other thing. I use Jesus. I'm like, cool, Jesus sacrificed himself for me. So then I can keep on sinning. I can go screw up and do crazy things. And I think I can do whatever I want. So then I go literally. I'm like, I'm about to do something that I shouldn't do. I know it's wrong. I know I shouldn't do it. But I go, Jesus forgives me. So then I go do it. Have you ever done that? Jesus will forgive me. Jesus will still love me. So then I go and do it. Let me tell you. Let me warn you. You're forgetting a huge part of this sacrifice. You're forgetting the pain that Jesus went through for you. You're forgetting what God went through for you. You're forgetting the sacrifice. You're taking advantage of Jesus. You're abusing him. You're using him to do what you want. And that breaks God's heart, too. That breaks his heart, too. That's his boy. That's his son who died for you. I say all these things because I want you to realize... I want you to realize this is very relational. Your purpose, your meaning, your life is relational. It is meant to love God. And how do you love God? Receive the sacrifice of Jesus and dance with him. Follow his lead. Follow his word. Read the Bible. You don't have to read the Bible to like, but please read it so that you know how to obey, so you know how to love others, so you know how to love God, so you know how to take part in his mission. The second part of your purpose is to be, to love God, but it's to love others. This is, this is so key. These go hand in hand. To love God is to love others. Do you guys understand this? 
You guys following me on this, on this observation. So the second part of your purpose and mission is to love others. And not just your friends, though. It includes your enemies. And to love them the same way God has loved you. And how has God loved you? Sacrifice. Are you guys catching it? Sacrifice. How has Jesus loved you? He loved you by laying down his life. Your purpose is to love God and to love others. How do you do this? You lay down your life. You give yourself up. You give your life away. In Acts 2, the early church, it says that they gave to each other. They gave everything they had for one another to take care of each other's needs. Why? Because Jesus gave them everything. Jesus gave them everything. He gave them the whole life. So here's the key. This is it. Here's the key to your life. It's not about you. Let that free you tonight. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. When you give your life for Jesus and turn from your sin, you encounter the love of God. And when you find God's love, you find your purpose and you find your mission. So go and fill the earth with God's love. How? By sacrificing your life for others over and over and over again. Give your life away. My eighth graders probably understand this the most. Every single Wednesday night, they give their time and life away. My eighth graders have the most fun at youth group because they're giving their life away. If you want to have fun, if you want to have life, if you want to have the good life, give your life away to others. Share it. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. So if you're here tonight and you've never followed Jesus, you are now, I want to invite you to come onto the dance floor with us and be his children and to dance with him, to follow his lead. I invite you. Just say, I believe in Jesus. I confess my sins. I'm sorry. Dad, I'm sorry I sinned against you. And he forgives you. And he loves you. So let's bow our heads and we'll pray. And if you're here and and you're like, I want to know Jesus. I want to follow him. I want to have this. I want to have this meaningful life. I want to have a life of purpose. Then just pray this prayer with me. Father, Father, 